Letter thirteen of Pamela, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Pamela, Volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter thirteen. My dear good lady, what kind, what generous things you are pleased to say of your happy correspondent. And what reason have I to value myself on such an advantage as is now before me, if I am capable of improving it as I ought, from a correspondence with so noble and so admired a lady? To be praised by such a genius, and my honoured benefactor's worthy sister, whose favour, next to his, it was always my chief ambition to obtain, is what would be enough to fill with vanity a steadier and a more equal mind than mine. I have heard from my late honoured lady what a fine pen her beloved daughter was mistress of when she pleased to take it up, but I never could have presumed but from your ladyship's own motion to hope to be in any manner the subject of it, much less to be called your correspondent. Indeed, madam, I am very proud of this honour and consider it as such a heightening to my pleasures as only that could give and I will set about obeying your ladyship without reserve. But first, permit me to disclaim any merit from my own poor writings to that improvement which your goodness imputes to me. What I have to boast of that sort is owing principally, if it deserves commendation, to my late excellent lady. It is hard to be imagined what pains her ladyship took with her poor servant, Besides making me keep a book of her charities dispensed by me, I always set down in my way the cases of the distressed, their griefs from misfortunes, and their joys of her bountiful relief. And so I entered early into the various turns that affected worthy hearts, and was taught the better to regulate my own, especially by the help of her fine observations, when I read what I wrote. For many a time has her generous heart overflowed with pleasure at my remarks and with praises, and I was her good girl, her dear Pamela, her hopeful maiden, and she would sometimes snatch my hand with transport and draw me to her, and vouchsafe to kiss me, and always was saying what she would do for me, if God spared her, and I continued to be deserving. Oh, my dear lady, you cannot think what an encouragement this condescending behaviour and goodness was to me madam you cannot think it i used to throw myself at her feet and embrace her knees and my eyes streaming with tears of joy would often cry oh continue to me my dearest lady the blessing of your favour and kind instructions and it is all your happy pamela can wish for but i will proceed to obey your ladyship and write with as much freedom as i possibly can for you must not expect that I can entirely divest myself of that awe which will necessarily lay me under a greater restraint than if writing to my parents, whose partiality for their daughter made me, in a manner, secure of their good opinions. To shorten the work before me in the account I am to give for the sweet fortnight that we passed in Kent, I enclose not only the copy of the letter your ladyship requested, but my father's answer to it. The letters I sent before, and those I now send, will afford several particulars, such as a brief description of the house and farm, and your honoured brother's intentions of retiring thither now and then, 
of the happiness and gratitude of my dear parents and their wishes to be able to deserve the comfort his goodness has heaped upon them and that in stronger lights than i am able to set them i will only in a summary manner mention the rest and particularly the behaviour of my dear benefactor to me and my parents he seemed always to delight in being particularly kind to them before strangers and before the tenants and before mr sorby mr bennett and mr shepherd three of the principal gentlemen in the neighbourhood who with their ladies came to visit us and whose visits we all returned for your dear brother would not permit my father and mother to decline the invitation of those worthy families every day we rode out or walked a little about in the grounds and while we were there he employed hands to cut a vista through a coppice as they call it or rather a little wood to a rising ground which fronting an old-fashioned balcony in the middle of the house he ordered it to be planted like a grove and a pretty alcove to be erected on its summit of which he has sent them a draught drawn by his own hand this and a few other alterations mentioned in my letter to my father are to be finished against we go down next the dear gentleman was every hour pressing me while there to take one diversion or other frequently upbraiding me that i seemed not to choose anything urging me to propose sometimes what i could wish he should oblige me in and not always to leave it to him to choose for me saying he was half afraid that my constant compliance with everything he proposed laid me sometimes under a restraint and he would have me have a will of my own since it was impossible that it could be such as he should not take delight in conforming to it i will not trouble your ladyship with any further particulars relating to this happy fortnight which was made up all of white and unclouded days to the very last and your ladyship will judge better than i can describe of the parting between my dear parents and their honoured benefactor and me we set out attended with the good wishes of crowds of persons of all degrees for your dear brother left behind him noble instances of his bounty it being the first time as he bid mr longman to say that he had been down among them since that estate had been in his hands but permit me to observe that i could not forbear often very often in this happy period to thank god in private for the blessed terms upon which i was there to what i should have been had i gracelessly accepted of those which formerly were tended to me for your ladyship will remember that the kentish estate was to be part of the purchase of my infamy we returned through london by the like easy journeys but tarried not to see anything of that vast metropolis any more than we did in going through it before your beloved brother only stopping at his bankers in desiring him to look out for a handsome house which he proposes to take for his winter residence he chooses it to be about the new buildings called hanover square and he left mr longman there to see one which his banker believed would be fit for him and thus my dear lady i have answered your first commands by the help of the letters which passed between my dear parents and me and conclude this with the assurance that i am with high respect your ladyship's most obliged and faithful servant p b end of letter thirteen